0: Welcome back to Up The Villa podcast is our tactical debrief for Everton nil, Aston Villa nil. I've never done a tactical debrief on an Unai Emery nil nil and neither has Unai Emery done a debrief in the Premier League era of a nil nil because he's never had one before. Uh, So it's new to him, new to us. It's always a bit difficult talking about a nil-nil because you're like, there's no goals. But Premier League, there's loads of talking points in a 90-plus minute game. So if you are new around here, make sure you are subscribing. Hit a like. We'll have a like target of 1,000 likes because there's no football this week. So help us out. Hit smash a like and comment your thoughts in the comment section down below. On the debrief, we take a deep dive tactically. Looking at the systems, player positions, passing networks, images from the game, observations, heat maps, stats. It's a really jam-packed tactical episode that we do on the debrief. So, 17 games to go for Aston Villa in the Premier League. And this, for me, feels like the biggest 17 games of our Premier League history. Uh, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it because the next 17 games are absolutely massive for Aston Villa. But this break comes at a perfect, perfect time for me. We've had the January, uh, December fixtures. We've had the congested fixtures. We've had the FA Cup. We've got through that. We've got through this game, and now we've got a bit of a break where the the lads are gonna go away for a couple of days on holiday, rest, recoup, regroup, recharge their batteries, and get ready for the next seventeen games because they are huge, huge games in the grand scheme of things of where Aston Villa are at the minute. We've got Europa Conference League, we've got FA Cup. And we've got Premier League. And we are close-ish to getting top four, I think. I think I'm still confident that we can do it. I was asking a couple of people at the game, do you think we can do it? And they're all saying yes. I still think we can do it. I think it's going to be tight. It's going to be close. You look at, you know, our game, you're thinking, oh, we've dropped points. And then United and Spurs draw, and you're like, it's a point. It's, an, it's not a point lost that nobody's gained on us. So I look at it on that point of view and think that's just the way the season's going to go. And I think, yeah, we are in a battle probably. If I had to pick a team we're in a battle with, Spurs, I think they're probably going to be our biggest challengers. United, 11 points off us. Newcastle, 13. You know, those two are three or four, five wins from getting level on points with us. So as long as we maintain our levels, then we will be more than okay, in my honest opinion. But we've just got to make sure now that we come back refreshed and recharged. And I think one thing has got to happen, and I think we have got to go through, and we've got to get back what we had last season, towards the end of the season. Do you all remember when we had that sort of, feeling that we were going to do it and we were on that roll and we had that momentum. In the next 17 games, we've got to go on one of those little momentum bursts. And I think if we can do that, then we will get top four. We will get top four if we go on that little momentum burst. Um, So that's just where I'm at. I think we will come back all guns blazing. I think the rest will do us really good. I think Unai will be planning and he will be working towards the next 17 games. And when you say 17 games, it's not actually that many, is it? You break it down one game at a time. It's not actually that many games to go. So, yeah, we're still more than in the mix. And, and I'm really happy... With where we are, uh, one thing that I will say as well is that I think sometimes just because we don't win sometimes doesn't mean that it's a bad performance, and we're going to get into this today. Uh, so that's where I'm at. Sometimes we might not win, we'll draw, but it don't mean we've played bad because we played well, we played well against Everton. Uh, and I'll, and I'll show you now that. I'll show you why we played well. We were the better team and etc. etc. So first thing that I want to start off on is the way in which we did play. Uh, and I'm going to show you two graphics to start with. And this will show me and hopefully show you that we were the better team uh, with the ball, with our style, with our shape. Uh, and then we'll get onto it in a little bit more detail. So. This was Everton's passing network. So, basically, if you were new to a passing network, a line is made to a player if they've received the ball more than five times. So, the line with the line width indicates the number of passes. So, a thicker, a darker line shows that that pass was played more than a faint line. A darker line. Slash circle edge indicates higher expected threat. Circle size indicates a total number of successful passes, minimum of five. So, a minimum of five passes, you will get the circle by the player. Okay. So, as you can see, that the Everton passing network is pretty non existent. There's a network from Pickford. Braithwaite and Tarkowski and a network from Anana, Decore and Harrison and everybody else is just not in the picture at all. There's no build-up. There's no style. There's no, the, and, and that summarises how they were when I was watching them at, at Goodison yesterday. It's get the ball. It's like it's a hand grenade. Let's try and get rid of it as quick as we can. And it just breaks down. Um, so Everton, with the ball, are a poor team. They're a poor team with the ball. Without the ball, they're a good team because they defend really, really well. They're a really good defensive team. And when you, when I was watching it live, I was on row C, so you're you, you really low. Uh, you can really get a good indicator of... of the uh physicality of the players more, uh, because you can you can you want to oil on high line with it really. And um uh, they're absolutely huge, and they're a, they're a really good defensive unit. So we're gonna compare that to Aston Villa's passing network. So just for reference, Everton's passing network to Aston Villa's passing network. And you can clearly see a style, an identity, a cohesion, a build-up a network of Martinez to Longley, Longley to Moreno. You've then got faint lines of Martinez to Luis, Martinez to Kamara. You know, the only players that aren't really in a network, you could possibly say are the players where it kind of broke down a little bit for Villa. Bailey and Diaby and Watkins, that, pe- that network together, it just wasn't really there, was it? So I really wanted to start the episode off with the passing networks to showcase that we weren't bad, um, so that's the first thing that I would uh, really like to point out. So I'm now going to go to the tactical pad. We're going to have a look at something that I felt like we needed to utilise a little bit more. Uh, and it was a, a passing avenue that I felt was on. So you can clearly see that the avenue from Long Longley to Moreno was on. It was utilised a lot. But I think it was it was needed to be utilised a lot quicker. Um, So first of all, I'm just going to show you a graphic here for reference about what I'm about to talk about now with you. So way in which I, I felt like this avenue needed to be used a lot quicker is, as you can see, the Everton team is very compact and very narrow. And very, very boxed in. So we're talking about here, 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 and here. So you've got the Everton back four in and it's the width of the 18 yard box, which you would find from a low block anyway. So a low block, you are you are basically defending this area here, which is gonna be the, the, the middle ground, basically. So, the middle ground to the goal, the edge of the 18 yard box, they're happy. So, Everton are happy to leave uh, space out in these areas and in this area for Moreno to have. So, you can see how organised they are. You can see how there's nothing on with Watkins and Diaby really. You've got four, you've got the, the midfield four of Everton that are sort of in a in a, a narrow four line. The ball out to Moreno was on all the time, but it needed to be done quicker for me because with that ball being done quicker, what, what you can see is if the ball's done quicker and the ball's moved over here into this area, Harrison has got to react. So Harrison has got ground to make up on once Moreno receives the ball and this ball was on time and time again in the second half and I just felt like we were just a little bit too slow going from Carlos to Longley, Longley to Moreno. It just needed to be far quicker to allow Moreno to have that run going into that area. If I go to the tactical pad you can kind of see you can kind of see this graphic now. A little bit better, so I've replicated the graphic of what we saw in that image. So we've got the Correa going into Mark Louise, but it's just the space out here and the space that he's got here. Because what that means is, if that ball goes into Moreno, Harrison's got to move across. So I just felt like we needed to exploit the width a little bit more, uh, and especially with with ba- Bailey exploiting the width as well. I just felt like it was just a little bit, a little bit too safe with Bailey against Everton. I felt like he was just showing the ball a little bit too much and he's not really, he's not really done that too much this season. We've been praising Bailey because he's been quicker, he's not been showing the ball, but I felt like he did show the ball a little bit too, Nikolenko a little bit too much anyway. And uh, but, yeah, I just felt like we need to utilise the width a little bit more. Another observation that I'll make as well is that once that ball went wide to Moreno, there wasn't really much in the box apart from Watkins and Diaby. So we do need to get a, a, an extra player that's going to be getting into that box as well. I think I've got a graphic to to, to back that up and show you as well. So that was... That was an observation that I made. I felt like defensively it was very, very sound, apart from that one time that Calvert-Lewin went through. And I think when I'm looking at a a Villa performance, that I want control, I want us to dominate the game. You know, that was nearly a perfect away performance for Villa. If we'd have won that 1-0, that would have been a very, very good away performance. So I think we just need to utilise the forward line a little bit better. I think it needs to be a little bit more cohesive. I think we need to see a a, a little bit more link up with the RB, Bailey, Watkins. I think it needs to be a little bit more fluid. We need to see somebody dropping a little bit deeper, somebody running in behind. Needs to be a little bit more unpredictable. Where I felt like against Everton, it was get the ball out wide to Moreno We've got two static players in there that are waiting to receive the ball where we need to see just a little bit of, you know, a different burst to the near post. Someone peel off, somebody go near the penalty spot. I think he was crying out for a little bit of that. So, you know, it's all constructive. It's all things that we can work on. It's all things that I think we can do. Uh, So, you know, I think the overall performance was good, lacked a little bit of something, a little bit of, fluidity at the top end of the pitch. So that would be my only really criticism really that we just lacked that little bit of an edge. Um, so we'll go to some of the still images. Now we'll talk about the game uh, and then we'll have a look at some of the numbers and some of the, the average positions as well. So as you can see, this was the offside is offside. So, uh, Something that I think McPhee will be a bit annoyed about is that Bailey is offside. This felt like it was one of those um, set pieces that we'd really worked on. It felt like a set routine. And I think for Bailey to be offside in this position, I think this would really annoy McPhee uh, because it felt like it was really well worked. Bailey needed to stay on side, so uh, yeah, I'd, I'm, I'm not sort of blaming Bailey, but I'm just saying that it felt like a well worked routine that needed for him to be on side. So uh, that was my thoughts on this on this routine. Thought set pieces were really creative; uh, they were really good. They were posing them big big problems, so that was good as well. And then we'd had this really good opening here where. Watkins sort I think he tries to, to dink it uh, and Diaby just can't really get on the end of it. It just goes away from him. Uh, but this was a good run from Diaby. Uh, and then sort of like the next phase of this move, Bailey has his shot and it's an absolute great save from Pickford at his near post. So here we have got some more bodies in the box as well, which is good to see. Uh, so this is something that really annoyed me. Uh, this ball went through, you know, we know this was coming, we know this is what they were going to do, and I was just like, Villa, no, no. Uh, But yeah, they've worked this really, really well. Beat our system and and Calvert-Lewin's away, and Martinez makes a a fantastic save. Uh, This was the save. Bit like his World Cup save, isn't it? So he's been there and done that before if he's done it in the world cup he can do it at goodison now penalty it is a penalty something that has has annoyed me about this is that you're hearing the new protocols of the pgmol talking about and we, we've seen this a bit this season about, you know, you can't, you can't, they're, they're kind of, what, they're, what I'm trying to say is they're trying to clean up the game, aren't they? They're trying to make it a bit cleaner. No dissent, uh, no surrounding the refs. They're trying to clean up the game. And here's a prime example of their protocols not working. Because if you are trying to clean up the game, and you are trying to eradicate diving, and you are trying to, you know, try to stop teams from fooling referees. I don't understand this, because what I don't understand about this is he's clearly been fouled. And why why does the R B have to go down for this to be a penalty? I I really don't understand. I don't know whether the rule is for you to win a penalty if you are fouled in the box on contact. You have to go down because if this is anywhere on the pitch, you know if you've just ran up to a player and kicked them, or you've tripped them, and he stayed on his feet, it's still a foul. Whether DRB goes down or not, it's still a foul. So I I really don't understand how you can clearly see he's swiped him. There is contact. He shouldn't have to go down for that to be a pen. So, you know, I think the officiating, it's just all so contradictory of the way in which if he goes down, he wins a pen. But really, if if they want to clean up this game, you give a pen for that. So, yeah, they've had a the, uh, the You know, we spoke about the ref's performance. It was it was absolutely shocking, absolutely shocking. Uh, he, he's officiating, his decisions for the fouls for, you know, was, was terrible. And then the same move, the same move. What is that? What is this? Look at the look at the aggression on his face. Like it's absolutely disgusting. Like he's touched the ball, he's won the ball, but that that is an ACL knee. That's a, that's a that's an ACL injury waiting to happen there. Look at how his foot is planted. His knee is about to buckle. That is a disgusting challenge. Absolutely disgusting. And I don't care whether he's won the ball there or not. If that is anywhere else on the pitch, that's a yellow card, man. Like, it's disgusting. If anyone can look at that and say that that is not disgusting, then the game is gone, in my opinion. It's just horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, And then this is something that I wanted to touch on when I was talking about committing more players into the box. This was towards the end of the game. You've got Moreno, Watkins and Duran going through. uh, And there's just, it's just a bit, it's a bit static, really. You know, if somebody could maybe go to the near post, commit a few more players forward. uh, I think that's something that I'd like to see in some of these moments as well. Uh, So we'll then now have a little look at some of the average positions. So Villa's average position's. Pretty much, if you wanted to do Aston Villa's formation on a piece of paper, it would pretty much look like this. Box midfield, wide player in 31, Bailey. Watkins up top. Moreno a little bit further forward. 44, Kamara screen in the back three. So, you know, the beauty of Villa's system is that it's clear to see you know, how we play. And, and I think this this was a good average position. Everton's a little bit more congested, a little bit more narrow. You can see that Aston Villa attacks predominantly down the left-hand side with Moreno. Um, so, and Everton attacks down their right-hand side. We've got the shot map for Aston Villa. Villa were in the light blue. Everton are in the dark blue. We had a lot more uh, shots than Everton inside and outside of the box we would got an XG of 1.26, 69% possession, 16 shots, 5 on target, 7 off target, 4 blocked shots, 530 passes, 80% passing accuracy. Everton had 236 passes, 63% passing accuracy. Long balls, forty-one percent from Villa. Dribble success, fifty-seven percent. We had got forty-four uh, percent total duels won. They had nineteen aerials won. They had twenty-five tackles won, as you would expect. Uh, they had nine. We had nineteen clearances. They had twenty-six. They had nine interceptions, and we had four. Um, so overall, a pretty good performance from Villa with the ball. Um, it's just lacked that final little bit of quality uh, and I think we would we would have won this game. Uh, if we have a look then at some of the uh, average position slash heat map, you can see that Moreno, massive, massive threat on the left-hand side. Uh, but I think, you know, the DRB, Bailey, Kodmo yesterday, just lacked a little bit of potency, I think. Uh, You know, if we're looking at McGinn, McGinn was everywhere. Luis was everywhere. Kamara screening that role there. Longley on the left uh, and Carlos on the right. So, yeah, I just think that link up with DRB and Bailey needs to be, you know, a little bit better. And then if we have a look at uh, some of the defenders for Everton, you can see that they're, they're, heat map was predominantly you know they're all pretty much predominantly defended uh so you know they're, they're not getting forward too much either so yeah uh i think that will kind of do our nil nil assessment uh i've tried to make best of it as i can uh, tried to be constructive try to be fair um you know like i say i, th- I think we was okay and it wasn't I don't think it was as bad as what some some said, but each to their own. Uh, we all we all view a game differently, I think, don't we? Uh, so yeah, just time to regroup, you know, get back on track now. This rest will do us the world of good. Get power back, see where Ramsey is. Great to see Tielemans back. Uh, you know, brilliant to see him back on the pitch. Uh, he'll get better. You know the more games that he plays as well. So uh hopefully we've got some good content coming out this week as well. We don't we don't rest here we all we'll keep pushing through. Uh we've got a great guest coming on on Wednesday. We've got a bit of a different episode on Wednesday. Uh it might, it might come out on Thursday actually we'll record it Wednesday. Uh, so it's something a bit different. Uh, I think you'll all all like it. Uh I think the guest will fit the concept really really well. Uh, so yeah We'll keep pushing. If you can help us get there, subscribe, smash a like, comment your thoughts. Up the villa.